0: That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels.
0: on this podcast, everyone. And aging is for the birds. I'm not going to lie. I don't like it. I would like to pretend like I'm way younger than I am. But what I will say is I do swear by Josh Rosebrook. Josh is one of my best friends. He also has an, like one of the most amazing skincare lines on the planet. I've been using it for a decade um, I, or more cause I've been using it since in, its inception. It's um, been written up in Vogue, LW. I have had Josh on to talk about the aging process and how we as females or males, whatever you are, decide, um, to age how you want to age. So I personally do, I am pro Botox. I am pro getting whatever you, if, if they told me that putting a block of cement was going to help me not age and put it in my forehead, I would probably do it. I'm not going to lie. But Josh's products are plant-based. They're amazing. I live for them. Everyone I've told about his products literally is obsessed with them. So Josh never does promotions, but he is doing one for my listeners because I really want you to try his line. So if you go to joshrosebrook.com, and Rosebrook is R-O-S-E-B-R-O-O-K, and you use code Megan at checkout. So whatever products you want to use, I can give you a whole slew of them that I use. I love his um, Vital Bomb cream. I use um, the Retinoid serum. I use the Vitamin C. I use the Hydrating Spray, um, the Hydrating Accelerator Spray. I'm just telling you, give it a try Yes, it can be pricey, but it's worth it. And if you use any of his products or you go to his website and you decide to put in my code, you will get a 3.3 ounce hydrating accelerator spray. Um, limit one per order. And you must add it, add it to the cart for the offer to apply. Lots of words for me to use today. But I'm telling you, walk. No, run, don't walk. I'm really screwing this up right now. Um, run, don't walk to the website and go get it because I'm telling you, you're going to look better. You're going to feel better. It's plant-based. So you're not putting a bunch of crap in your skin. And this is the worst promo that I've ever done in the history of my podcast. And I'm going to start the show. Hi, everyone. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Um, I you know, usually I start this the podcast with a, a funny story before I go into the things that can be really serious that I talk about. And I will tell you that the the re- most recent shooting has kept me up for the past, It happened like what, three days ago, two days ago from when I'm recording. I have been up and I was terrified. I didn't want to send my kids to school the other day. I I drove in the parking lot and I thought for a second about not letting them get out of the car because I was so upset about this. Um, My two guests are coming on today. They are not um, American They have fabulous accents. I can already tell I'm going to be obsessed with them. But I'm going to tell you, I would like their opinions on this because this is not happening in other countries. And me being a mental health advocate and all about mental health awareness and doing everything I can to break the stigma on mental health, there should be laws in place to protect citizens, especially young children that are supposed to be able to go to school safely and be dropped off of, by their parents and just, you they shouldn't be killed at school. So um, I am going to introduce you to Sally Douglas and Imogen Karn, uh, known as Sal and M. And they are both also podcasters, Their podcast is called Good Morning Podcast, which, by the way, is the best name for a podcast I've ever heard. Because morning, listen to this, is not spelled like morning. It is spelled like morning, like M-O-U-R-N. So I thought that was pretty, pretty good. How are you both doing, first of all?
2: Hey, Megan. It's so nice to join you today and we are doing okay. Thank you. Hi, Megan. I'm
3: here. Um, we are in Australia at the moment and it's, yeah, lovely to be on your podcast.
0: Okay, but I also want to tell you, I, I want to have your accents, which I said before we recorded. <laughs> They're so cool. I just hate having the accent that I do and then I talk to you and I'm like, God, we really have bad accents in the States. Um, You've got
2: a great accent. No. I have your accent. <laughs> Stop it. Stop I, love, it. I
3: um, love listening to American podcasts. I love yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah. Really? Okay. Well, I hate to like, just I quickly, I'll get your opinions on this because um, I know you don't want to get political. I don't even want to get political. And that's the thing that stinks, but I, I'm a mom and the, like, I'm all about protecting my babies. And I think everybody is. And and for us not to be able to feel safe, and there's been 288 schools that have been affected by these shootings since Sandy Hook and Columbine, something needs to change. So um, I wanted to ask you both, because you live outside of the States and you don't have these problems in Australia, do you, can you give me your two cents on your thoughts on this?
3: As a mum as well and as someone who's experienced a violent loss, like I felt absolutely devastated for the families when I heard the news and I don't think, you know, we will ever, uh, we will never know the specific pain and trauma that the families in the community of Uvalde are going through, but when you experience loss, I think it does increase your empathy for others who are navigating such an impossible thing. And I think the the grief was felt collectively agro- across the globe and our hearts just go out to everyone who is impacted by this tragic event. It's absolutely terrifying. And I think, you know, we, we, could, we could sit here and say, I can't imagine, but we can imagine. I think we could imagine what that's like being terrified to send your child to school. And, and we're so sorry that you guys are going through that.
0: No, I appreciate that. I think that, um, I think that it's, you know, in the world, like these are moments when people need to like reach out and, and help each other and exchange ideas. And no matter where you stand politically in the United States, I'm going to talk about, this shouldn't be a political issue. This should be a human issue. Um, And I think that no matter where you live in the world, I'm, I would hope that people feel the same way. So I'm just going to, I'm going to change the subject. And I would like to go into I would like to, I've first of all never interviewed two people at the same time. So this is a first for me. <laughs> Welcome. You'll be great. <laughs> we'll try not know. to pull like, over yeah. each other, but <laughs> I kind of feel like we're in the Brady Bunch right now, like in the squares. Did you ever see the Brady Bunch? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're like yeah. looking up a di- Okay. So that's how I feel. But um let, let me, why don't we start with let me talk? Let's talk about why you both started the podcast. I know that you've both gone through your, your own um, fair share of trauma and grief, and hence why you started a podcast in COVID as well. I started in 2020 as well. So I think we both are on the same page. We're both on the same avenue about what we're trying to do and helping other people and normalizing mental health. So, why don't we start there?
2: Absolutely. I think we started our podcast in September 2020. So I think it was a similar time to you. Yeah. Um, So a bit about our story. So Im and I, uh, we both lost our mums when we were in our early 30s. So I'll let Im sort of tell her story. Um, But my story is my mum died suddenly. Um, She died by something called SUDEP, which stands for Sudden and Unexpected Death in Epilepsy. Um, She was healthy, healthy. She had epilepsy, but, it, you know, it was never um, anything that was life threatening for her. And, yeah, she had a sudden prolonged seizure. And I woke up one morning and I got a phone call at 6 a.m. to say, your mum's passed away. And that you know, I found myself on a flight 6 a.m. the next morning flying back to the U.K., where I'm originally from, to to deal with the death and sort her estate out. And the grief was incredible. It was just such a deep shock. I think you don't expect to lose somebody so close to you suddenly, we're not prepared for it. And I certainly didn't expect to lose my mum in my early 30s. And then, yeah, my grief was overwhelming. And I came to meet Imogen uh, through a support group, I'll let him sort of tell her story and the kind of story of how we came to meet. But um, yeah, it uh, uh, kind of how we came to be was grounded in in sudden loss and and the shock of that.
0: Well, number one, I'm going to let you speak as well, Im. but I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, it's awful. And I don't think any, I don't think as humans, we all know it's part of life right um sadly my husband mm-hmm. just lost his mom literally over the weekend um and it was oh, so sudden sorry. sudden loss like awful was not ex- didn't expect it and it um i am dealing with the beginning stages of of his grief and even though i've walked those streets i like to say before I'm sure you both feel this way. You, you just don't, in some ways you don't want to be reminded. It's like the worst thing to, to, to know that somebody else is going through it and never knowing the right thing to say or do is another part of it. But I am so sorry to hear that. Um, but I want to hear, I want to hear M's what happened with you, M, as well.
3: Yeah, it was very sudden and very traumatic um for me. So I was a new mom. I had a 9-month-old baby at the time, um my daughter Layla, and my mom uh took her own life and it was something that I could never have even imagined like being an option for her like she is the last person on this earth that I could have ever imagined doing something like that. And um I've learned the hard way that suicide doesn't discriminate. Um, It can happen to anyone. Um, She was going through, I think, what I call what what is called circumstantial or situational depression. So she didn't Mm -hmm. suffer from any previous mental health issues. It was just literally her circumstances had changed. She was going through a really awful situation, and she couldn't see a way forward. And um, it was just absolutely devastating. And I've just tried to <laughs> rebuild my life ever since, and it's been just over two years now and it and it's it's been really hard. but um meeting Sal has changed my life in so many ways, and having good morning to focus on um has been like life saving for me and just being able to help other people going through loss has just been such a gift. um mm-hmm. so as Sal mentioned, we met through our loss. So we met uh, through a support group called Motherless Daughters and we weren't really support group type of people. (laughs) Like I feel like we have mates and we have a good support network but I I think um, we really craved a connection with someone who could really understand what we were going through and relate to um, that was outside of our family. And, um, yeah, we met and it was just like this instant connection and we we often say that we feel like our mums brought us together like uh, make, making it happen. So I always say to Sal, like she, she's literally like my mom's perfect, ideal child. Like so many things of her are the same as my mom's. They got similar hobbies, and like, yeah, I just feel like if my mom were to put somebody in my life to do grief with, it would be Sal. So I really feel like she's been such a gift for me through all through all of this.
2: And likewise, and yeah. it's it's so lonely grief when you're going through grief, any kind of loss even if you have a support network around you, it it can sometimes still feel really isolating. And I think that's what Im and I both felt like. We have mates, we have family members, but there's a loneliness because you can be you can feel lonely when you have people that don't connect with what you're experiencing. And that's what we both felt. I think sometimes people equate loneliness with thinking that you don't have any friends or any support. But I think when you're going through a loss, you know, we were in our early 30s, none of our peers had really had had experienced sudden loss on the level that we had. So we just really craved that connection. Somebody that understood the shock, the pain, the grief, the trauma. Um, and that's what brought us together. And you know, when you just vibe with someone, you have probably <laughs> had it, Megan, right? Where you just you just vibe. And we kind of had that connection. And um, So we started meeting up for coffees and wines and um, talking about grief. And, you know, we would chat about what was going on for us. You know, are you going through this? Oh, my God, yes, me too. You know, all of those kind of the little things that I think sometimes when you're grieving, you sit there and wonder, is it just me? Is this normal? You know, should I be feeling this way? Uh, Is it normal to have all these million emotions in like one day? And Im and I just connected on so many levels and we kind of said, surely there must be so many people who are grieving and are feeling lonely too. And and like we were talking about earlier, we were just coming off the back of like the first lockdown, the first wave of the pandemic. And grief was kind of a little bit more at the forefront for a lot of people. So we were kind of like, what can we do to help other people going through this? Because Because I think when you're, it's not until you're in grief that you realize how little we talk about it or how people just shuffle around the subject and feel super awkward. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things, right? And I'm sure you found it with the, the topic of trauma as well. Like, you know, it's like people just don't know what to say. So that's kind of how the idea for Good Morning was born. Like, let's start a platform where we can talk about the taboo topics, but in a way like you, Megan, that has a bit of humor in it, because you kind of need the you need a bit of humor to get you through the dark times.
0: I feel like number one, and I'm so sorry for your story. I, I don't know if you know this, but I part of why I started this podcast is because I was suicidal um, several years ago. And mine was also trauma like based from my early childhood. Like I had major, major PTSD from some events that took place, but also situational. And so Mm -hmm. one of the most important things for me as a podcaster, as somebody that has a platform that people actually listen to, which is always shocking to me, um, is to to normalize talking about your feelings, depression, and also like people don't talk about being suicidal. It's Mm. like embarrassing. It's like, oh my God, she's crazy. Like, no, I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy. I went through a really freaking shitty situation. It sounds like your mom was in a bad situation. And sometimes the people feel like there's no way out, you know, and that and like sadly it's the worst kind of pain to feel that way. And I felt that like where I was obsessed with it and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And So I, I, I'm so sorry to hear that because the trauma that it has caused you and, you know, people that take their own lives are almost made to be villains and selfish and all of these things. And it's not fair that number one, because to be in the amount of pain that you're in and feeling that way, nobody can understand unless they have been there. I'll say that.
3: Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for being here today and for sharing your experience and being so open and honest about it, because you never know who, who that's going to help because people don't talk about this sort of stuff openly. So yeah, I'm glad
0: that you No, they don't. (laughs) And it's like, we have so many cases recently, like Naomi Judd, for example, or that beauty queen, or, I mean, the counts, I mean, the suicide rates have like skyrocketed since COVID and, Mm. um, and, and the more that people talk about it and you share about your mom. Um, And, and it's not like you're some kind of like crazy villain or bad or whatever society puts on people that go through this or have encountered the feelings or the thoughts or lost somebody to it. It's unfair. It's all unfair. It's all unfair. And then the second thing I wanted to say is I am so jealous because to be able to be able to have the gift which I believe your mothers did because I'm all about signs and stuff and, and spiritual. And I believe they probably did put you together and to have somebody to be in that exact spot in the grieving process, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've grieved in my own life. Um, My grieving took place with my best friend many years ago. And I, so I haven't knock on wood, had a loss like you have, in recent years, but I also don't want to be reminded of it. So like this little reminder we've had in, with my husband and he's in the be- very beginning stages of it. People don't, you. it's almost like you don't remember and you don't want to remember. Does that make sense? So to have somebody by your side, because you never know, like you don't want to say the wrong things in front of your kids or your family, or you might burst out crying or you mm-hmm. might put a bra in the dishwasher by an accident or, you know, (laughs) like all the things that you do. Um, I just have to tell you how amazed I am by both of you and what a gift it is to go through that together and then turn it around and start the podcast and do what you're doing. You're my kind of gals. You really are. (laughs) Thank you.
2: (laughs) Thank Um, you so much. That means a lot. Sure.
0: So So tell me about um tell me more about like what like why you I I I hate to like separate it and it's difficult to like tell each story but when you both met and you were in this like process of the very beginning stages of grieving how like how did you even meet and like what did you talk about and if the, I have listeners which I know I do that might be in the beginning stages of of losing someone What what is your advice for telling people what to do or where to go? Like, how did you even know to find motherless daughters? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Gosh,
3: looking like thinking back, it's like kind of a blur. Like, I don't even know what we talked about. We talk for hours and hours and hours about grief. So lots of fun us. (laughs) But I think (laughs) like um I was me personally, I was desperate to find. Anything that was going to give me the you know slightest feeling of like hope or peace or understanding, I just like I was I was always on the internet googling things in the middle of the night. Like I just you know I was buying all the books, <laughs> just doing everything that I could to try and get help because I felt like I I couldn't survive what I was going through. Um, and I came across this um, support group through a book called Motherless Daughters, which is by Hope Edelman. And, um, yeah, so that's how, that's how I found the support group, just online Googling all night, (laughs) but it's really hard to find resources that related to us. Like we, we struggled. And I think that was, you know, one of the big reasons why we created good morning, because there's a lot of literature out there, but a lot of it didn't really resonate with us. Like we wanted to hear people our age going through what we were going through and like talking about all the elements of grief. Like you mentioned before, putting a bra in the dishwasher or whatever, like the grief brain fog that, there we go, the grief brain fog, I can't even say it properly, um, that can come with grief and the exhaustion and all of those things and I think that's what Sal and I talked about all the time is just how horrendous we felt and like how just out of body it felt sometimes and um, just it was just so good to have someone that could relate yeah to all of those things, and we just yeah talk about that for hours and hours.
0: and what was it like Sal, for you, like going through you found this this support group, but and you met each other, and it is you know what's really wild is women like can be such freaking nightmares. Like I've gone through like the worst front friend, friend breakup and dealt with like the bitchiest. Sorry. I cuss on this podcast. Sometimes the I'll bitchiest. You too, don't worry. <laughs> okay, you don't have to. Um, like women can be so awful to one another, like just tear each other to pieces, not care. I don't know what it is. I'm still trying to figure out. I have two daughters and I'm like, Oh God, you're going through what I went through. I don't wish that upon anyone. Um, But we also have the ability to like be so caring and nurturing and kind to each other. Like not every woman is like that, but there are so many great women. And then when you find your kind, especially like it sounds like you both touched on and obviously are so close now, that bond is so Mm -hmm. tremendous and special. Do you you know what I'm saying?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Im and I, like our friendship is one of those, like, there's only a few of them that you have in life. You know, those friendships where it's like instant, there is like a soul deep connection. Like Im and I have had really similar journeys in our lives. Some of the things, it's like we lived parallel lives when we were growing up. Like the trajectory Mm. of our lives were so similar and we had so many things in common. It was just weird. We were like, this is, so odd that you know we're so similar and we've had similar losses it was like we were meant to be friends and I think that it's rare to find that friendship where you develop such a deep connection so quickly but it is one of those like for life friendships and you know I feel just so grateful that we have each other like you said earlier to be able to go through this process together because it is rare and it is such a gift
3: I can't imagine, like I can't imagine Sally not being in my life now. It's so strange and you'll love this, Megan, but um, I spoke to a guy years ago who has psychic abilities and this only came up recently and it's so good, but he kind of read me years ago when we were away on a holiday and um, he said to me, and he only reminded me of this recently, I'd completely forgotten, but when he read me, he he said to me something's going to happen and a woman is going to come into your life and change everything. And I was like, I'm not that way inclined. Like, you know, I'm very like, much
2: don't happy. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I just, I just can't imagine what this could possibly be. So I think I just shelved it and never thought of it again. And then um, he messaged me recently and he was like, Oh, I just was watching some story that you did on Instagram and it just made me remember what I'd said to you about a woman coming into your life and like changing everything. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Shit, it's Sal. <laughs> and I couldn't have imagined like how or why, but yeah, he picked yeah. that up psychically years before everything had even happened.
2: Which and awesome.
0: actually, I believe in Megan, all that stuff, like- by the if- way, I go to my psychic Tim Braun, who's been on, he's a medium and a psychic and he's told me like unbelievable stuff. And I, and he's, he's, oh, Like, very rarely wrong. And I think, like, going through the losses that I've gone through, too, like, I lost my very best friend. Um, She was my sister. She was like, you both are probably. And we, like, we... sorry. She was my... And you know what's interesting, too, is I find... I don't know if I believe in past lives or I don't know how I feel on that stuff. But I do believe that people come into your life and you have soulmates and that could be friends that could be like husbands or wives or whatever it is. There's a, there's something that like you're drawn to with another human being. And like, I say that Julie, who's my best friend, that's in heaven. Um, she was my soulmate and I believe that. And I think that that that's true. And that can be true for, you know, you have one loss in life, which was, sadly your moms, but they probably had something to do or JC, I believe in Jesus Christ, the man upstairs, who knows, who knows what it is, you know, and whatever mm-hmm. you believe, but things there can't be coincidences
2: like this. Right. Am I wrong on that? Am I no, crazy? You're right? No, yeah. you're yeah. absolutely right. And actually, Im, there, there's that story we should tell Megan about um, the psychic. So a couple of like signs that we've had, if you're into this stuff, because we're really into it as well. And we talk okay. about it quite a lot on our pod. Um, so we, my mum was called Rose. Im's mum was called Vanessa. And Im and I met at a, a pub in, in Sydney here in Australia. And it was called the Rose Hotel, right? That's my mum's name. But then there was another wild story, Im. You tell it really well. Um, that we were just like this. This is weird. This. This has yeah. to be some sort of sign.
3: So my sister um, sees psychics as well. She she's well into that stuff, like we are. And she saw a woman, and um, the woman said to her, "Your mum is with somebody called Rose or Rosa or." you know, I can't quite figure it out. And my sister's like, I don't know, like probably she brushed it away because she didn't know Sally's mum's name or anything. And then we were having lunch on Sally's mum's birthday. Me and Sal were having lunch and my sister called and I usually don't answer the phone when I'm with someone having lunch, but I just picked up the phone anyway. And she was like, what are you up to? And I said, oh, I'm just having lunch with Sal. Um, it's her mum's birthday today. And she said, Oh, what was, what's her mum's name? I said, it was Rose. And she's like, "Holy shit, Im. I was like, "Watch." Goes, something's just clicked. I was like, "Watch." Goes. Do you remember when I saw that psychic, and they said that Mum was with somebody called Rose, like saying that our mums were together doing something. I got shivers. Just it was I've just yeah, it was wild, but. We've had and so many before, gonna, psychic things. Just
2: before
0: we there's met. There's no such thing. That can't that stuff can't just happen. Like, right? It's I know. just too
3: well, it's like you weird. said, there's no such thing as a coincidence. And we've, no. we've had psychic mediums on our podcast before, and they've really drummed that home. And that there really is no such thing. Like we've had some really amazing signs happen to us as well. Like, yeah, we love it.
0: Well, okay. So let me, let me ask you about, cause you're both moms, right? Am I wrong on that? I'm a mom. Sal's a dog
3: mom. She's definitely a mom, but she's got two Cavaliers. Okay. So cavalier you're a dog mom. That counts.
0: Yeah. that counts. That counts. <laughs> um, I, my question was like dealing, I will guess, uh, I guess I'll ask you, In, um, you were a new mom, right? Or were your kids? Okay. So you have one?
3: Nine month old. I had a nine month old baby. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh God. So you were dealing with that with a nine month old baby.
3: Yeah. I was still breastfeeding, just still really in the thick of it. And she, she wasn't a sleeper as well. So I was like in the trenches of like survival mode just from being a mom. And then I lost my mom and yeah, my, my breast milk dried up. I couldn't, I couldn't like engage with my child. Like it was really, really hard. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, that's what grief does to you right? It's Mm. um, the physical part of grieving, like, you know, the crying, the trauma, and then on top of that being a mother and all your hormones and everything. I can't even imagine what that was like for you. Um, I was going to ask just, you know, being like your, your loved ones, like how did they feel about you two meeting and like going, I just was curious about
2: that. They sound great. Yeah, super supportive. Just, um, I think, ab- above anything, just glad that we'd found that person that could kind of be that support in a different way, like that grief support. And, yeah, I, th- I think everyone was super, super supportive.
3: My partner was awesome. probably... <laughs> Probably really happy because then I could talk to Sally about my grief all the time. He, yeah, because yeah. he, yeah, he hadn't gone through a big loss, so he couldn't relate and he couldn't, you know, he couldn't understand exactly what I was going through. So I think for him, having having the weight taken off his shoulders is probably a massive relief.
0: But that's part of my point. It's like you know, your loved ones, if you have a partner or husband or whatever it is, like for me right now, since he's in the very beginning stages of grieving, I, you know, he's in shock, whatever. Um, I, I don't like really know the right things to say. I don't, I'm afraid to like, like say the wrong thing, walk on eggshells, like the guilt, like mm-hmm. all the things that the partner is like, what do we do? What do we say? How do like, you know what I'm saying? So to be able to do what you both did, I think is really uh, amazing. And then I wish there were, I'm not sure if that um, program is all over the, all over the world, but it's such a good idea. If you are a listener and you are looking for support and you do want to find your Sally, maybe you both know about it. Can you (laughs) share if you know anybody about anything about that?
2: Yeah. So there's actually, um, in the state specifically, there's okay. an organization called The Dinner Party. Oh. It's nationwide and they do online sort of grief events and meetups and virtual dinner parties. I'm not sure if they're doing in person, um, but they're a fantastic resource if you are looking for, you know, events obviously come and join our good morning community as well Uh, we have a global you know global audience and we have a lot of listeners that are based in the states Uh, but if you're looking for that sort of uh support group then check out the dinner party motherless daughters do do have a presence in the states i think they do retreats don't they im and i think they do do online events as well
3: yeah run by hope edelman and i think claire bidwell smith as well joins her for those Mm. And there's Modern Loss as well, which is a great resource in the States,
0: Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount. So, you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed.
4: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
0: like separately, like when this happened, like was that something? Cause I know I, when one of you touched on and said, um, I was reading everything. I was, I remember when you said that, I was like, I remember I went to Mexico and this is when I lost Julie and I just had a bunch of books on grief. And I was like, well, where do I even begin? And just, I didn't even, I couldn't even move because I lost her very suddenly and very, it was very bad the way she passed. And, um and I didn't know how to like move forward. So that feeling that you both felt as well, and then the reading, but just being able to go, okay, like I need help. I need to go talk to somebody. I need to do something. And to be honest with you at that point, I never did it. I think I went to one one psychiatrist. This was like years ago, because I I was like, well, I need to get put on an antidepressant, and it was a really bad idea for me at that time. Plus, the therapist was not a good fit, which I talk about a lot is being making sure you're you're with the right therapist. How do you want to comment on that?
3: I think it's really common to not go and see someone straight away, I think it can be quite daunting, especially if people haven't, you know, done therapy before. Um, they don't know what to expect. They don't know where to begin. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I have been seeing therapists for most of my life um, because I've suffered from anxiety since I was about mm-hmm. 17. So therapy was not new to me. So um, I threw myself into it straight away. I knew what to do. I knew I needed to go and see my GP, get up put on a mental health plan so I could get subsidised um, sessions. And I had about four therapists around the clock because I didn't think that I was going to survive and I was suffering from suicidal ideation as well after my mum yeah. died. So um, two therapists. Make sure that that didn't happen. I knew what I needed to do, and I, yeah, I was seeing a psychotherapist, a psychologist, um, a therapist that specialises in um, suicide loss. So <laughs> my experience was very much like therapy heavy. Like it was the only mm. thing that I, I, yeah, I think could kind of get me through at the start. Um, mm. I, I think it is important, like you mentioned, you know, you weren't clicking with your therapist back then. It, it's, it's important to kind of shop around a bit because there's so many therapists out there and, you know, when you do find that right one, it's so beneficial, but mm-hmm. there are a lot, lot, you know, a lot of therapists that, you know, you may not necessarily click with. So I think if anyone is struggling and, and stu- stuck in their suffering, like I would highly recommend mm-hmm. shopping around and speaking to your GP Um, and also you mentioned going on antidepressants, like I was tossing up whether to do that as well. I had been on them before for my anxiety, but, um, I made the decision not to, because doing all the work that we've done, you know, through grief, it's so important to feel the feeling feeling as Mm -hmm. uncomfortable as it is. It's part of the process.
2: Absolutely. And, and, and I, I didn't seek therapy straight away. I, I almost needed just to get through the shock and kind of come to terms with what had happened um it was about seven months into my journey for me that I decided I need to speak to someone um but like him I went to the doctor and and I was like I think I need to go on like antidepressants like I can't cope with this and he said to me, grief, you know, you're grieving and, and there are so many similarities, you know, a lot of people between depression and grief. Um, so he advised against it, but I think it can be quite common. And well, you know, if- I think
0: I think that also uh, for uh, something I want, I've said in the past, I say it a lot, that d- uh, finding the right therapist is like dating, right? Yes. You, you know, yes. right? It's yeah. It's going on an app yeah. and dating and you're like, I mean, I've like you, i I've been um in and out of therapy from my childhood, suffer from anxiety, and um, and I've had some doozies of of um psychologists or whatever whatever it be that I've gone to. And then one day, several years ago, I met my match, which is my therapist now. I'm actually not in therapy right now, but I was for the past probably three years. And I say it saved my life and medication is something that's like a personal decision for me. I needed to be on something to get me through that really hard period. I'm not right now, but I love that you are open about talking about like how you were like, I need to do this. This is what I need to do. And it honestly, it helps other people and to have a plan Mm -hmm. is really important. Like, you're it, when you're in such shock in the grieving process. It, it say it just happened. It's like I say this a lot. It's like taking it step by step. Like step one, this is what I'm gonna do right now. Step two, I'm gonna go to the refrigerator and drink a bottle of Chardonnay. I'm not saying I did that, but <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you know, I
3: mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, I'm kidding, but it's like you know what it's like to be like in shock and you don't know what to do and you don't, I mean, you don't know, you don't want to eat food. You don't want to get dressed. You don't want to do anything. You just want to like make the pain go away, you know?
2: Totally. Other- and I i think it's good to go micro in those moments. You know, it's literally yeah. one foot in front of the other. That is all you can do. And And just back to your point, like about finding the right therapist. I think sometimes we might feel, people might feel like, unconfident to say you know what this isn't the right fit for me but you know like we all have we've all been through different and to see different therapists and if it's not right don't be afraid to go and find somebody else because it's it's so important to have that connection so so important and I think people can sometimes feel a bit afraid to make the change or you kind of think, oh, I've, you know, this is, this is it. Maybe I should just stick with this person. But if it's not helping, like one of the best things that you can do for yourself is shop elsewhere, so to speak.
3: (laughs) And the other thing with grief is like, it's, it's so individual, you know, as you heard from Sal and I just then, like we had very different experiences with therapy and we, you know, we're experiencing the same type of loss, our mum, um similar ages but our experiences of grief have been so different and that's important to highlight I think because we can really judge ourselves too we can be like oh should i be you know far further along in my healing than i am now why is that person you know being able to go and see a therapist and i'm not like i think we can be really hard on ourselves but like mm-hmm. yeah grief is so individual and no one's going to grieve in the same way. And, um, that's really important for anyone listening as well to, to know, like there's no right or wrong way to do this either. If you don't want to see a therapist, if it doesn't feel right for you, that's absolutely fine too. What helps for one person may not help for somebody else, but yeah, our experiences therapy has been quite helpful.
0: Well, it's also the stages of grief, like somebody might be in one stage for a prolonged period of time and another person, skips right over a stage but it hits them at a later point you know so well, this just... is
3: this is another thing <laughs> this okay. is another thing that we've learned um through the work that we do those five stages of grief which are denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance were never actually meant for the bereaved. So they were coined by Elizabeth Kubler Ross in the 1960s. She's a Swiss psychiatrist. He's my and
0: favorite. I love yeah, her. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've read so, like her books on death and dying and yes. the Wheel of Life. Like the the Wheel of Life is like one of my favorite books of all time. But go on, yeah.
3: So you probably already know this, but she had based that model on people who were dying, so people who Mm -hmm. were in palliative care. So they were never originally intended for people grieving the death of someone. And we interviewed um, David Kessler, who was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's protege, and Mm -hmm. he confirmed for us that they were never intended for the bereaved and they were never meant to be a linear kind of, you know, path that people, a framework that people use when they're grieving the loss of someone and they've, they've been misinterpreted over the years. So people are thinking, you know, I've been, I'm not feeling acceptance. Like I'm, I'm not there yet, but like acceptance isn't one big event. You know, you feel lots mm. of little pieces of acceptance, which really just means that you're kind of coming to terms with what's happened. You don't accept, you know, what's actually happened, but um. Yeah. So people can be really confused. I never knew that.
0: By the way, I've yeah. always talked Wild, about this grief. That's it. Yeah. Well, that actually, that actually, I like that you're saying that because I think it's important actually not to say you're in whatever stage of grief because you can circle back ten years later and still be like, I'm mad. I'm, I'm angry. angry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so angry. angry, and I'm not accepting it. I mean at some point you have to accept things cuz it's just part of it's part of life, you know. This is a, the worst part of life, right? Mm. But it's part of life and I'm I just learned something really <laughs> today. Yay. <laughs> I Yay. I think another, but,
2: you know, another misconception with grief is that you that you that you feel sort of one emotion at a time. I think, you know, as we all know, you can feel so many things with grief and it's not just sadness, but an interesting point on the, on the whole acceptance or the idea of acceptance. When we interviewed um, Hope Edelman, who is the author of several grief books, you've probably heard of her, Megan, Um, but she wrote Motherless Daughters among many others. And we were talking about acceptance and she said like a good way to think about acceptance and grief is more like a train station. And it's like something that you may arrive and depart from depending on what's going on in your life. So for example, if something happens like you become a new mum and you don't have your mum, or you get married or there's some life event, you might, you might find that you move kind of into grief a little bit more and And then you kind of move out of it and you accept what's happened. And then you kind of move to and from. It's not like a final destination. And I thought that was a really good way to look at it. Because I think we we don't necessarily always accept it. But we just learn to integrate it into our lives and and live with it. But it's not this kind of final like, right, I've accepted it. And I've now moved on with my life. And I think that's really important to highlight. Because people can put pressure on themselves to feel like you've got to reach some final point with grief Mm. and it's just really not the case
0: I think that's so important and I love that you said that because um one of you I don't know who told me they listened to my episode with my mom um me yeah okay really powerful by the way but I'm thinking about how hard that must have been for you to listen to that because of your own experience with losing your mother, for me, I lost my dad. So if I were to have listened to a podcast with a father and a daughter, for example, I, you, when I say ugly cry, I'm, I did start to ugly cry in the beginning of the episode, but I caught myself and I didn't an ugly cry. But I'm shocked that I haven't. But I, I legitimately will like sob sometimes on these episodes because, yeah. I, I am still grieving and I don't think like hearing you say that about the train station and like that I don't need to be in these stages of, of like anger, whatever it is, I think is, is like eye opening, and you've taught me so much today Mm -hmm. that I am always gonna, I'm always going to be in pain or there's always going to be a memory of, I mean, I lost my dad at 13, but I like, you know, I can, this is a story. One time I was in an airplane and I am very spiritual and like, kind of like, you know, like feel things really deeply. And I was, I was looking out, I hate, I'm a bad flyer, by the way, I hate flying. And I looked out the wing and I saw my dad, like, not like there's a milkmaid on the wing from bridesmaids. Like I wasn't drinking, <laughs> I was totally sober, but like, I looked I in the reflection because I was so such a bad flyer and so scared to fly I saw my dad's face and I heard him he I heard his voice and I hadn't heard his voice this was several years ago since I was like 12 years old like hadn't wow. and I couldn't remember his voice which mm-hmm. I don't know if you have like voicemails or like you want you're dying to hear their voices right anything mm-hmm. you can like hold on to. And so it's interesting you say that because I will always be grieving, but Mm. I've gotten to a place where now I might cry a little bit, but I might also smile because I have that memory. And I really believe that was him talking to me. And then after that, honestly, I wasn't that afraid to fly anymore. Isn't that crazy? How
2: amazing. Amazing, Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the, it was the weirdest thing. It was, it was the crazy, one of the craziest like memories of my life. So, and I wasn't drinking and I wasn't like on edibles. I was totally fine and sober and that really happened. And I really believe that was him. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I'm trying to think like what my, (laughs) I got like sidetracked by your story because I'm kind of in awe of the whole story with the train. Yeah.
3: I think it's like, it's so important. Um, you know, as you mentioned that, yeah, grief, it, it doesn't disappear, you know. And I think mm. people who haven't experienced loss can often think that it's just something we can tick off a to do list, like, oh, I've grieved. Now I'm back to normal, or I've gotten mm. over what's happened to me. But that's far from reality. And um, another thing that Hope Edelman taught us, she's written a book called The After Grief. So she's coined that term for like, you've got the, the initial raw grief, you know, when you've just, it's it's just happened, you know, that can even last for a couple of years, a few years, like the shock, all of that, while you you try to come to terms with what's happened. And then you've Mm -hmm. got the after grief, which is the grief that you're left with for the rest of your life. And so when, you know, big events happen and, you know, moments like that on the plane, when you, when you see your dad or just, just anything that reminds you, of your loss, like it is still grief. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, you may not be crying all the time, you know, you may not be a mess on the floor, but you're still grieving, even, even, even if you're not crying, you know, and I think Mm. people, people don't understand that unless they've gone through it themselves. So yeah, grief is a forever thing. It's not something that you'll ever get over. We learn
0: to live with it and that's just the reality of it. Well, because we're never going to see them again. Like that's the reality. You know, like holding on to a voicemail or like, you know, recording that episode with my mom selfishly. I even said it in the episode like, someday I hope this will last so my kids can listen to it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would still have a recording like that with my dad, you know? So Mm -hmm. let me like, let me pivot really quickly and ask you about um, COVID and like, because to have to go through, the, the losses that you went through, um, during COVID, right. It was in Mm -hmm. the, it was right before COVID, correct. So 2019. Yeah. Okay.
2: Late late 2019
0: and early 2020. Okay. So it was before lockdowns and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mine and was then, like
3: on the cusp, I think maybe a, a week after mom died or a couple of, no, it was probably like a month after mom died, it went into lockdown. So it was like mm, pretty, pretty early so on.
0: The reason why I'm asking this is because this is a really, I think, important point, why you decided you were let like, bl- like I say blessed, but blessed enough to have to be on the process of the grieving train, if you will, with each other. Mm-hmm and then being in isolation in covid and all the craziness of covid and then saying well what can we do like what can we do with this like what are we going to do are we going to like shut down and let ourselves be beaten up and like sit in our houses or apartments or what are we going to do? Are we going to, let's start a podcast. Mm -hmm. How did that kind of go? Because I, that's kind of what happened to me. Like my thing was like, I like somebody randomly, it was my therapist was like, well, Megan you used to be an actress. Like you're funny. Like, you should do something with this. And I was like, well, what do I do? I didn't even know what a podcast was. I had a friend that had a podcast. I called her. I was like, I want to start a podcast. She's like, you should. And that's literally how it happened. It was like me saying, I'm not, I'm not going to let this take me down. I'm going to come back and I'm going to give back and I'm going to do this to help other people. Tell me about your experiences with that and like what you, how you came up with the idea of the podcast.
2: Well firstly you're doing an amazing job so it was meant to be that you were meant to to start your pod um we so i think we both found a lot of solace in listening to podcasts after our mums died and obviously grieving in isolation during lockdown, it was a real, you know, a bit of a, a lifeline to be able to hear the stories of others. Um, and that's something that that got us through, you know, that connection and knowing that you're not alone in this. Um, so when we became, became friends, and we were talking about, you know, how lonely grief is, and, and all of the things that, you know, are you going through this? And what about the exhaustion? And, you know, the anxiety and all the things that we don't really talk about. Um, and we were kind of like, isn't it wild that, we all go through grief. No one is exempt from it. We all experience it. Yet as a society, it's still quite taboo to talk about. So that was where we kind of decided, like, let's start a podcast that talks about grief, but with honesty, with humor, in the hope that it will help other people feel less alone in their grieving journey. You know, we know that A lot of people were coping with loss because of COVID and because of, you know, grieving in isolation. So let's do something that can help others, but, but talk about it in a, in a way that's really honest and raw, much like your podcast, Megan.
0: I love it. I love it. What about you, Em? Like, give me your feedback on that. I love interviewing two people, by the way, (laughs) kind of like a tennis match, right? Go ahead. (laughs)
3: Back, back onto the COVID lockdowns, like I, I was so traumatized that I couldn't even give COVID a thought, which is really crazy to think about. Like, I'm a worrier. I'm an overthinker. I get obsessed about the news and everything that's going on. But like, I was just not so far, not on this planet that I, I couldn't even comprehend what COVID, what was happening with COVID, Mm -hmm. which, it's just it's crazy to think about now. And I remember when I sort of cu- started to come out of the cloud of my grief and I was like, holy shit, like we've been living through this. Like this is the magnitude of it is just horrendous. And I just I wasn't on this planet. So I think in a sense, like the lockdowns kind of helped me recluse a bit and not have to put on a brave face and and go out and see the world and pretend like mm. I was okay because I was so far from okay. So yeah. that was my personal experience with grieving during a, a pandemic. Um and I guess, like, yeah, on a selfish note, like doing the podcast for me gave me a lifeline, to be honest, like I was so, so just, yeah, I just couldn't see a way out of my situation i couldn't I couldn't see the light, I couldn't see hope for the future, and good morning gave me that. It gave me purpose. I'm going to get emotional. It gave me something to focus on. Um, It gave me something to connect with my mum on, on a level that I could, you know, just keep talking about her. And, and um, yeah, on a, on a really selfish level, I think it it saved my life doing this podcast. Um,
0: I didn't think I'd cry today. (laughs) Um, that's what happened (laughs) because I'm already crying too, but I'm gonna Uh, tell you that you both are like, first of all, can we please be friends? I'm always friends. (laughs) I there I've never interviewed somebody. I don't knock on wood, watch me have like somebody come on that I I have become friends with so many of my guests, and um, and you both just inspire me so much. I cannot wait to listen to your like your podcast. I because you kind of, this was very last minute by the way for my audience um i had a spot open and sally had reached out to me and th- and we just connected and i was like will you both come on like i have a slot that happened to open up and so that's why i haven't listened usually i'll listen because i love what you're doing and i think it's so important and then on top of that to to turn around like Am like with your pain, like that's what I did. And Sally, that's what I did. And like for my listeners, like, sorry, I'm going to cry too. If you are in a dark place, like the three of us, and you are going through pain, there is always like, I try to say this all the time, keep going, like keep mm-hmm. going. And, and like, there's people out there, like there's the groups we talked about, the dinner party, uh, Um, mother, what is it? Mothers and daughters, mothers, motherless daughters, motherless daughters. There's, Mm. there's people out there and there's reasons to keep going and use your talents, use your gifts, use the ability to like your friendships or your hearts that you both have and the love that you have and the compassion, because you might be going through this loss right now, like Em or Sally, and, and you're living in a hopeless, hopeless pa- place. And then you go into a group or your coffee or whatever, and you never know, you might meet your friend soulmate. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep going. And I am just honored, beyond honored, to meet you both. I love your accents. You both are the cutest things I've ever seen in my whole life. We're now best friends. I'm coming <laughs> to Australia. I'm planning <laughs> my trip right now. You better <laughs> meet some cute surfers. Just kidding, Mary. Um, but I, am I adore you both, and I'm so grateful for you coming on. And um, in closing. I say every podcast, be happy by making other people happy. My dad used to say it. And so you both are doing that. Keep doing the work. And it's an honor to know you.